G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 1. I'm John Barker, joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall. Well, August 1 means one thing, it's the horse's birthday, but you don't get the present. Present, Yes, I'm afraid that uh, this year there is no Winning Post calendar, which uh, we're just as upset about as you are, but I'm sure you'll understand that in these COVID times there is so much uncertainty around racing and sports dates that uh, to produce it would have been a little bit of a waste of time. There is, however, uh, in this week's Winning Post, your August race dates, and that's what we'll be aiming to do, uh, putting in the race dates for each month in the last edition of the previous month. So uh, perhaps just uh, keep this season's calendar, um, cut, out the, uh, cut out the new race dates, stick them over, and just uh, use last, last year's pictures. Uh, now, Joel... Uh, Speaking of the horse's birthday, I've written in Winning Post and Best Bets this week about um, the uh, optimism that uh, the horse's birthday brings to connections of young racehorses in particular and perhaps those who didn't didn't get to run at two or uh, only had a start or two. Will they come on at three? I've noted that of 56 or 57 uh, two-year-old stakes winners from last season. Only 11 of those went on to win stakes races as three-year-olds. There were also a couple who won stakes races in New Zealand and came over here and won big races. And there was also Yes, 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 who was a stakes-winning two-year-old and, of course, uh, won a race that is not a stakes race but is the richest race in the country, that being the Everest. Uh, question without notice, Joel. Uh, any two-year-olds uh, of this season just concluding uh, that you really are keen on to really go on with the job at three? Um, yeah, question without notice, but I think Ta- Tagaloa is one that I think looking at him and looking at his breeding, everyone sort of thought he's going to make a three-year-old and then he comes out and wins the Blue Diamond. And I thought his Sydney runs were very good. He was ridden back and ran on really well behind Farn and the Silver Slipper. And then I thought his Golden Slipper run was good considering he was the first horse off the bridle and looked well beaten on the turn, and yet he stuck it out and, and, and fought on really well to finish fourth. So I think he's the horse that they've probably got a bit of a bonus getting a group one out, out of him as a two-year-old, and he's, well, you know, he's worth an absolute mint as it is, but I think he can really press on, and well, I think he's going to be put on a Caulfield Guineas path, and yet... Uh, well, by the way, listeners, uh, I should just say that if there is a problem with sound quality, uh, it is because we have been having all sorts of problems with our... Um, with... No, let's see, it's one that does look one that possibly can. Uh, okay, Joel, yeah, sorry, you actually dropped out for a while there, but... Um, uh, we get the picture that Tagaloa was the one for the Caulfield Guineas and perhaps beyond. I was just explaining to the listeners that uh, we've had massive problems with our podcast software this week, but we're nimble, we're agile, and uh, we're doing it a different way, and it's not working very well, but uh, we're doing the absolute best we can. Daniel, what about you? doesn't have to be a two-year-old becoming a three-year-old, but what about a horse that can really kick on in 2021? Well, sat at sort of that Blue Diamond race at Tagalow One. I like the look of personal the filly from the um will be the be the what would be the Ben Hayes, Tom Dabin Gardner, David Hayes going 
to Hong Kong. I think she's got plenty of scope to improve and probably a filly who I'll be following um, uh, this year. So it'll probably, probably be my pick personal out of the two-year-olds, Bucks. All righty. Uh, well, let's uh, get stuck in to racing on the horse's birthday around Australasia. There is no black type racing uh, this weekend, which is most unusual, but there are, as noted in Winning Post this week, on the front of your Winning Post, there are several uh, promising horses stepping out. And, of course, all monies will be paid, as usual, in Australian pesos. We will start at Mooney Valley, which is the venue for Melbourne racing on Saturday. And... Uh, well, the winter's dried up all of a sudden. Uh, not sure if there's any rain forecast for the rest of the week, but we had a good track at Bendigo on Wednesday. And uh, so I guess I guess in a way the form should be more reliable, but in another way we've got to um, expect a few horses to come good and a few to not perform quite as well on what they've been doing. Last, last Saturday, of course, as well was a good track. Um, Daniel, you have spoken this week to David Jolly, co-trainer of the speedy young new season three-year-old. Richard, Richard, oh, bugger it, Richard Jolly. Yeah, sorry. I've, uh, okay, so I've buggered up the index. Uh, Richard Jolly, yeah, trainer, uh, co-trainer of the uh, new season uh, three-year-old. There's a bear in there. And stepping out at the Valley on Saturday in race two, that's number four. There's a bear in there, and that's your best for the program. Sure is. I think Richard and Chantel Jolly will be pretty happy Wednesday morning seeing the final acceptances for this field. It's a race with a bit of a long tail. It's only nine runners, but there's a three first starters who have queries at the, their jump-out former for mine anyway, and sort of a couple down the bottom there, probably more suited at provincial level at this grade. There's a couple of smart ones, hard landing and tanker, but those two are presuming there's a bear in there, of course, with three runs under his belt. Um, he's a speedy gelding, barrier foil, jump and run and and likely lead, and at the Valley it'd be hard to run down. I would have thought a 1,000 metres, and it has that match fitness under his belt. So sort of rock bottom odds at the moment. I think $2 is when I last look, 210 thereabouts. Hopefully maybe it maybe drift out 240, 250 more back will price by race day, but still happy to um, be in his corner. Uh, the four, there's the bear. Now, he, yeah, he's my best of the day. Race two, number four. And, Joel, you are taking on there's a bear in there with your value bet at the Valley on Saturday. Yeah, look, I... I take Daniel's point that they would have been wrapped for the connections of there's a bear and there to see the, the field come up the way it has. With I think there is a query on the first starters. I don't think any of them have showed a, a hell of a lot. Maybe keep on fighting and showed a little bit. I've slotted him in, into my numbers. But, yeah, I went for number nine, saw that coming. Oh, I noticed there's also an acceptor for a maiden at Geelong on Friday and double figures. So I guess, you know, double figures for a maiden and then comes to town for a race like this, and you're not getting sort of all that much of a bigger price, tells you probably the, the depth of this race. But I thought his debut run was bad at Geelong. I thought that maiden had a bit of depth to it. It was a bit of a blanket finish, which is always a query, but I just thought he stuck on pretty well after settling outside the lead. He uh, would have come on a lot for that. Damien Lane has a good record riding for the Cameron Yard. And yeah, I'm not going to be playing much at the Valley on Saturday, just a couple of small each-way bets, and he's going to be one of them. Saw that coming, but I certainly thought there's a bear in there was the hardest to beat. A keep on fighting, as mentioned, I actually slotted him in for third, not for fourth. I thought his jump-outs were okay, and one hard landing. Group 3 winner on debut didn't show up in his Blue Diamond Prelude, but may well have come back. Um, you know, to something like his best, which we saw him on debut win a stakes race. But a yeah, tricky race. I've gone nine, four, five, one. 
And the Phillies step out in the following race, race three, Daniel, where we find your value bet on the program number four, Miss Bazzetti. Yeah, probably one of the highlights of the card this race. This is, I think it'll be a very good form race going forward. A few last start winners and meeting here. And yeah, Miss Bassetti's a central filly. Got plenty of time for her from the Snowden camp. Um, she sort of made a little bit of ground at Sandown on a heavy eight. Two starts back, finishing uh, within two lengths of Parlophone. We've come out and seen in that Lightning Stakes in a very impressive manner. One of the wins of the weekend last weekend in Adelaide. Beat Euphoric Summer, who's a, who's a smart uh, stable made a Parlophone start prior. And Sandown last time with a Hydro Star. She's run on well, sort of without threat there. The winner, obviously, pretty smart. Um, drawn well. Do you want to get all the favours in Barrier 5? But look, conceding, it is a it is a pretty strong field. But at $8.50, I can certainly entertain an each-way play on the four, Miss Bassetti, race three. And, Joel, we switch over to race six for your best, uh, which is number one, Wagner. Yeah, best bet, and he's around 20 to 1. Um, I just couldn't... Classic uh, Joel Marshall. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, I couldn't step into anything with too much confidence on Saturday and I sort of had Wagner picked as a value bet and I've ended up making him my best. Of course, former Godolphin galloper now with the Joe Waldron yard there at Mornington. Uh, the straight run was okay, first up for the new yard. But then I thought his run at the Valley, second up, was quite good. He finished fifth of nine, but beaten less than two lengths. That was behind Ashlaw. Now, he beat home subsequent Mildura Cup winner more than exceed. He beat home great again, who was placed in two stakes races since. And Morrissey ran second in that race, who has won twice since. So it was quite a decent form race. It was a track hard to make ground on, and I thought he hit the line really well. I like that he's been kept fresh, because previously when he was with the Godolphin camp, his best form was when fresh. And I think coming back from that Oatman company to benchmark 84 grade, I think he's too badly placed here. So, look, I think he's probably a 10-to-1 chance. And he's come up 20 to 1, so a good each way play, number one, Wagner. All right, well, if the listeners are interested in my best for the Valley, and you probably shouldn't be after Tavidance last week, which was just, you know, <laughs> after they'd gone about 20 metres, I knew it was going to get rolled. Uh, it was uh, just really not much excitement at all for a sort of even money pop. But on the other hand, I was, in fact, one of the tipsters of the week on uh, the great. Uh, the great tip-off this week, you might wonder how on earth that happened, and uh, I think it was because I picked a $30 winner at Tassie last Sunday. Um, I mean, I picked a few winners at uh, uh, at Caulfield, but so did everybody. Um, my best, and I'm glad to see that uh, you blokes are both uh, in agreement, is the, uh, well, in agreement that it's going to win, not that it's the best, uh, Polly Gray, the former uh, Kiwi, couple of good runs in Australia, certainly uh, caught the eye and is ready to win. My That's race seven, number seven, Polly Gray. My value bet at the Valley is race five, number 11, Soaring Eagle. Just been there and thereabouts. Doesn't win very often, but certainly uh, is the sort of odds that we can have an each way play. Uh, very good, really, past couple and not all that far away. Next on the agenda... We, uh, as I uncharacteristically, because I was becoming so frustrated that I deleted all my usual files, uh, I'm now just scrolling through to Sydney, which would be page 26 of your online winning post. And there we find, Joel, that uh, we've got your interview horse, uh, which 
was with in the interviews with Jared Austin, and that is race seven, number two, at Randwick on Saturday, in and up. Yeah, spoke to Jared through the week. Um, very happy with this bloke. Look, he's been patiently handled for our, throughout his career. He turned seven on Saturday, and he only lines up to start twenty-three. He's really built a good record. Five wins from his last seven, uh, from his last eleven starts. He's really sort of uh, built himself as a Saturday grade horse. He's sort of verging on becoming an open class horse. Got another go at 88 grade this week after winning in that company. Second up, I think coming back 100 metres is fine, especially on the heavy ground. And Brock Ryan has one on him before, taking three kilos off him. So that's no drama. He knows the horse well. I think he's the uh, the bet of the day on a pretty modest card there at Randwick. But uh, yeah, pretty keen on him. Earlier in the day... Made my value bet, you make me smile. Um, sort of loath to make value bets in races where you don't really get full each way betting, but uh, he came up about eight fifty. I think he shortened into about $6 now. But I just thought race three, number six. Again, a horse on the backup from last week, and I think that will be telling on this heavy ground. Much better sign from him last week. He led to the 150, just knocked up late, but uh, battled on well for fourth. He'll press forward with men of peace. They can control the race. Cordia may very well be too good. For him, uh, the lightly raced Godolphin Galloper, but uh, you make me smile, probably have a head start on him and uh, hopefully can spend off the challenge of Cordia. All right, Daniel, we head across to race five for your best and you're backed up by Joel and indeed most of the winning post tipping panel. It is number eight, Derbari. Yeah, I was pretty keen on him at an each-way price at Kensington, and it was, it was, it was a heartbreaking result. Looked to the job done, but grabbed the line by Zuhia, who he meets again here, but gets a four-kilo weight swing in his favour. Um, three kilos off from Brock Ryan helps helps that, and Zuhia going a couple of kilos up in the weights. I think he's a very good horse to Bari. Um, I think it's better with each time he steps out, and the, and the wet track is, poses no problem for him. So keen on him. He's the best all day in Sydney. Um, and the value comes up later on in the day. Look, I thought it was a pretty, yeah, as Joel sort of said, a skinny card. It wasn't much value to be found. I thought, though, that in the last, the 10, the mare from the Wallace Stable, high-low bet, be worth an each-way ticket. She's a very good wet tracker. Although wins have come on wet tracks. So form this time in reads okay. Um, and I think in this... She can probably set a little bit closer than she normally does. She's, have a, she's sort of having to give herself too much to do um, you know, throughout her last few starts. And, but from barrier two, not a whole lot of speed in the race. Um, I think she can settle in her forward spot, maybe just be off just off the lead or the first four or five in running at the very least and um, and hopefully be at the end. She's rock hard fit and, as I said, she likes wet tracks. So um, on, a, on a sort of day devoid of any value I could find anyway, um, maybe the 10 in the last high-low bet, worth an each-way ticket. Okie dokie. We move across to Morfordville where they're racing on the park's track, Daniel, and uh, your best, we're waiting, you're saving your best till last. There's actually only eight races, uh, speaking of skinnier cars than, uh, than usual, at Morfordville Parks, and we are racing, uh, we're waiting till the eighth for number seven, which is the Team McAvoy trained Born to Play with the informed Sophie Logan on board. Yeah, well, I was, was pretty keen on Born to Play, but he's come out earlier in the day. There's actually been a, a three or four Tony McAvoy runners that have come out um, sometime today at Morfordville Park. I'm not sure what the, what the goal is there. They're only the one runner now on the card. It's the Olympian um, early on in the day. 
Um, because Borna plays out, I'm going to make territory top territory tight. My best bet in race seven, the uh, the top weight. He's absolutely flying this time in. He's three wins from his past three starts. Um, normally a, a leader, sort of jump and run, catch me if you can. Also, he sort of sat off the pace last start, or sat sort of third, third, fourth in running. It was sort of leading and was still able to finish over the top of them. I think the race sets up for him to him to lead this now. And with the claim to Caitlin Jones only has to carry an extra half kilo than he did in his last start win, uh, which is a field that's probably no better than what he saw last start here. So... Um, Pretty keen he can make it four in a row, territory tight. And the value comes up earlier in the day, race number two, and that is Monrage from the Balfour Stable. Lightly raced Galpo will turn five on Saturday, but was really taken by its Gawler run. Got a long way back from the draw, settled much further back than he normally does in running. Um, but he really attacked the line well and, and did well to finish as close as he did. The extra 150 metres here suits. And with the um, exception of the, the favourite, the one I just mentioned earlier, the Olympian, um, there's not much depth to this race. So I think at $10 or thereabouts, certainly with an each way play, race two, number two, Monrage and Morpheville. Alrighty, Joel, any thoughts on Morpheville? No, not for me this week. Eagle Farm then is the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. And uh, we are. Sort of a uh, tracker we predicting there. We're talking a soft five, Daniel. And you're kicking us off very early in the day with a unanimous selection in the winning post panel. Number three, Igor. Yeah, this, look, the run at Ipswich was really, really good to the eye. He was a long way back, the sort of leader. The backmarkers sort of let the leaders get or the leader get away from them really there. Um, with a well-rated ride from Alex Pattis on Bangers and Mayo. He controlled the race and kicked clear and the... Uh, it's a small lip switch straight. Uh, he wasn't in the screen, he got off half the straight, but when he sort of warmed up late, he, he really tacked the line. It was a run of the coming winner for mine. He's a talented goal. I don't think he'll win better races than this in time. Um, and you know, Jorna, Jorna sort of settled much closer than he did last start, I think, in the small field. You think you'd expect that. Um, and within striking distance, he'll be really hard to hold out. I think he's the best bet of the day anywhere in the country. Eagle Farm, race one, number three, Eagle. The value comes up... Um, in the very last race, I uh, hope they're running on at Eagle Farm. I think Hallowed Girl is a really smart mare from the Chris Anderson stable. She won at Doombin, 650-metre race last start, and a bit of a cancer, really. Um, she was a long way off and off the straight. I, I was on her that day, and I was concerned whether she would make up the ground at, at Doombin, but she um, she shut me up pretty quickly. She The way she turned a foot she showed that day, she accelerated past them. It was a really visually pleasing win <coughs> the, the rise and distance will only help her as will the, the larger the longer sort of wider eagle farm straight she's a horse going places and um i think her and the 14 perangas are two mares who can really graduate and win some good races maybe later in the summer but hello girl and each way price about eight nine dollars um she's the each way bet at eagle farm race nine number 15 any thoughts on the farm joel no nothing for me at eagle farm bucks Alrighty, we'll just very quickly move across to Belmont, where, as noted, there is no, uh, there's no stakes races. There is not a bad, there's a hundred thousand dollar sprint there. A thousand metres is the Jockey Celebration Day sprint. BJ Ryan likes that's race seven. BJ Ryan likes number five Floyd, but BJ's best is race two, number two Pans Down. Recent impressive. Uh, debut winner and his value bet uh there's a william pike uh 
and Grant Alana Williams shorty in race five, Serenity Bay. Oh, it's not that short. It's only $3, but BJ's got found one to beat it, and that's number one, race five, number one, Beautiful Mind at about $9 with Lucy Warwick on. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they are racing a bit off-Broadway at Matter Matter and Ashburton. Yeah, the best at Matter Matter comes up early. Race two, number five, Double Happy for the in-form combination of Nigel Tiley and his promising young apprentice, Callum Jones. Uh, this bloke has showed good promise of 2,000 metres and beyond, but he, he's come back this time in really sharp. He won over 1,300 fresh. Finished in the placings last start when running on strongly at Ellerslie. And I think third up at a mile with that three kilo claim. He just looks uh, the bet of the day at Matter Matter. My value bet comes up in race nine. It's number nine, Hattie B. Thought she sustained a, a pretty long run there at Tarapa first up. Did a good job to finish third. She's only won two from 29. That's the query. But she's usually around the minor money. And, and that first up run was quite pleasing. So I could certainly have something each way on her in race nine. Down the South Island, they're racing at Ashburton. Best bet comes up in race one, number 14, at YOLO. Uh, this filly only turns three on Saturday. She had one run as a two-year-old. It was a couple of weeks ago. Real eye catcher, too. Flew home for third. She's 1,000 to 1,600 metres here. Normally, you'd shy at that, but he's trained by Kevin Myers, and uh, he's a bit of a master over there. So I think uh, she's got a bit of a future. And the value bet is a first start-up by the name of Pete, race four, number three. Uh, a couple of trials have been good, uh, out of the placings in those last couple, but uh, sort of you know finishing fourth, fifth, and not knocked about as one of the leading jockeys aboard in Lisa Allpress. So uh, Pete, sure to have a few admirers for the name, but looks to have some ability, race four, number three. Alrighty, that wraps up a big Saturday of the big horse's birthday of racing around Australasia. We uh, Winning Post, of course, takes you right through from Friday to Sunday. And the highlight on Sunday is at Ladbrokes Park Sandown Lakeside, where we have the crisp steeplechase and the Grand National Hurdle. Uh, and they both uh, appear to be, well, I was going to say match races certainly the grand national hurdle looks a match race tally ho twinkle toe versus ablaze and chris steeple i was going to say match race between slowpoke rodriguez and felix bay but the dominator would make that a race in three daniel you have had an early look at the jumps form for sunday which way are you going in the two big races yeah, you're right with the grand national the shape is a two horse race uh, tally ho twinkle toe this horse won this race last year, of course, had to carry 67.5, carry 73.5 this time in. And for that reason, giving four four kilos to a blaze, I'm going to get put a blaze on top. Um, look, bit of a, comes back from the Sydney fail on the flat, um, but unbeaten over the over the obstacles. And, yeah, probably my pick in that race. But, but uh, you know, it could change before race time. It's a very... Um, Open contest. We'll be playing around those two, that's for sure. BT Juno can run it. was uh, very brave behind Talio to Twinkle Toe, almost catching the horse on the line. But probably a blaze for me at this stage. Uh, in the crisp, I think Felix Bay, this is, looks his race. He's, um, his three runs back from a spell have been, have been very good. Meets four kilos, meets Sidepoker Rodriguez, four kilos better. And I think the jump to 4,200 metres will be right up his alley. So 
much more open affair this one than the Grand National. Uh, but yeah, Felix Bay in the Crisp and a Blaze in the Grand National I2 picks on the jumping races at Ladbrokes Park Lakeside. Okay, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online now. Just go to winningpost.com.au and click the link there. Uh, available in the shops, of course, Friday morning, Saturday, Tassie at the moment. Still not available uh, due to the COVID freight problems in the Northern Territory. Um, and finally, our best $20 bet of the weekend, or as we like to call them, Lazy Lobsters. Thank you once again to Suburban Rock Patrol and Daryl Thompson-Turner, courtesy of Discount Liquor Records, for our Lazy Lobsters theme. Last week, I failed. Failed (coughs) disgracefully, really, with Tavi Dance at the price. Joel failed with Travis Nutter. You get the... uh, you get the uh, pass because uh, Arthur in charge, uh, the uh, meeting was off by the time Arthur in charge got to run. Dale Scott of Cremorne, our guest lobsterer, uh, was the only profit maker with, uh, no, no, flash profit, but a profit's a profit. Uh, Muhammad Dayas, that was a $15 profit. Didn't hear from Dale this week. So we don't have his lazy lobster, but we have picked a listener out of the barrel, which is Drew Hallam of Kensington in Victoria. And his selection, his Lazy Lobster this week, set to put us to shame like Dale did last week, race two, number two at Eagle Farm, Sir Barnabas. And here is Drew's uh, justification for that. It was hard not to black book this horse after its huge run to finish third at Ipswich a fortnight ago. My confidence is now further bolstered, if you don't mind, Daniel, by seeing all of the best bets team. Nuttall, McDonald, and Williams in support of the favourite Humboldt Current. Sorry to say it, gents, but if ever there was a kiss of death on the favourite, it's surely when there's unanimous support from the tipsters. Uh, of course, Drew hadn't seen the winning post tipsters to that time, but I can tell you, uh, Drew, that Peter Line has uh, is he's not one of these uh, sheeple that uh, are all going with the favourite in that race. He he is with Sabanabas as well. Anyway. Good luck to Drew Hallam. Joel, what is your best $20 bet for the weekend? Well, it's not a weekend I'm overly enthused about, to be honest, but uh, let's try and smack it out of the park with Wagner, race six, number one at the Valley. Daniel? Uh, I'm going to have a multi at, at, Eagle, at Eagle Farm. Pretty keen on Igor in the first. Uh, 260 into my best value, Hello. Hello, girl, to play for two seventy twenty dollars will uh, net you one hundred and forty bucks. All righty. Well, I will go. I might just go with uh, my best. I think, which is Mooney Valley Race Seven, Number Seven, Polly Gray. So that takes us out for our horse's birthday special. We will be back next week with uh, the first of the feature races for twenty twenty one twenty. Sorry, twenty 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 one. It's just, uh, it's a real mouthful and, re- and rather confusing. The Missile Stakes, the Ori Star, it's going to be great. 
We'll talk to you then. Meanwhile, have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.